Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What is good? It's your boy Lupe from the film Exiles here with another episode of ENN. This is ENN number 38. And what is ENN? It is your favorite entertainment news podcast where we dissect, break down, analyze, prognosticate on the most interesting news topics of the week. And we do it in Exiles fashion. That means that. It's no hold, holds barred. It means that, you know, we're going to keep it real. We're not scared of being canceled. Because it's exiles, we're already exiled. I am delighted and happy to be joined with the usual suspects. The best rough riders, my partners in crime, my homies, my homies, my homies, Christian and Paul. Hey, Christian, welcome to the podcast. Good to hear from you, man. I'm happy to be here. Staying COVID-free. I hope you guys are staying healthy, too. Absolutely. And Paul. Yeah, yep. I'm so far, so far, so good here. Don't want to don't jinx anything, but uh, things are going well. Looking forward to, uh, to chatting some movies with you guys tonight. Same. And before we begin, we'd just like to take a, a brief moment to share our condolences, our sympathies, um, just sending out you know positive energy to uh, the people in beirut they just suffered what seems like a terrible tragedy um there was an explosion we do not know the exact details of how it happened we do not know the exact details of the toll that it's taken in terms of loss of life or casualties but our hearts are are with them so um just keep them in mind as we go forward and Amen. Amen. let's get to our topics for the day. This is our rundown of topics. We're going to start with uh, a little bit of a debate within the DCEU community about whether it's a good idea for the Snyderverse Elseworld universe to expand into the animation sphere and then uh, there was a bit of a hilarity that ensued on social media when uh, class clown ryan reynolds gave us a little bit of entertainment talking about you know the snyder cut whether he's going to be green lantern in it um we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about mulan disney hit us up with uh the news whether you think it's good news or bad news it's up to you, but it's going to be hitting uh, theaters and hitting Disney Plus very soon. Also, in um, your prestige film news, Leonardo DiCaprio inked an exclusive first look deal with Apple TV. We'll discuss what that means for the filmmaker and what it means for the industry at large. And our coming soon section is back. Yes, we have trailers to react to. And we've selected two really cool trailers, or maybe they're really bad. We'll find out. They are The Boys Season 2's final trailer and Ratched from Netflix. And so, without further ado, let's get right to it. So for topic number one, we are going to be led by Paul. Paul, uh, introduce us to this uh, conversation about the Snyderverse and animation. Yeah, will do, Lupe. So as anyone who's uh, part of the Snyder fandom would know, um, we had what uh, you know is a regular occurrence in our fandom. Anytime we go a few days without uh, without news, there seems to be some, some drama. And this was uh, 
another uh, outpouring of, of drama surrounding something that, that probably should have been a fairly positive article. But um, on July 30th, Mark Hughes put out an article in Forbes um, entitled HBO Max Should Build a New Animated DCU Snyderverse. And in that article, he goes on to state his case for um, HBO Max to build out a new animated DCU miniseries and streaming shows based on uh, the DC world built around Zack Snyder's films. So um, this struck, I guess, a, uh, a nerve with some. And, and I think, you know, there's a few issues going on here uh, within, within the fandom. But I think number one is that before the Snyder Cut was announced, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of people advocating that they should, inst- since the Snyder Cut would never be released, they should release Snyder's vision in animated form and, and subsequent sequels. Um, and so I think where the drama came from in this uh, was that a lot of people didn't read the whole article. And thought that he's advocating for once we get Zack Snyder's Justice League, everything else around DCU would be, um, uh, I guess what I'm saying is anim- in animated form, which which struck some people the wrong way. So we have this debate online this week where you've got people saying they don't want to see a continued animated form. And then you've got Mark Hughes, Jay Oliva and others saying that's not what we're advocating for. We're talking about prequels and spin-offs, things that you wouldn't see, and the rationale being that animation, especially in the COVID uh, situation we're in now, is going to be quicker to market, it's going to be cheaper, it's going to be more likely to be greenlit, and so forth. So the arguments went back and forth. Um, as usual, more drama than necessary if people would just take time to listen to what each other's saying, read the article in full. But um, anyway, interesting debate. So I'll pass it on to you guys before I go too much deeper into this. Uh, Christian, why don't we start off with you? What what were your thoughts uh, on this on this mini mini drama that we had within the uh, fandom this past week? All right, before I go into the thoughts on that, I'll be the jerk. I had to mute this. I, I'm sorry, I had to. You guys drive me nuts. <laughs> the Snyder Cut <laughs> fandom drives me nuts. I, have oh, I get it on this one. I I, I love I you guys. Be- I love you. I love you all. I do. I'm just going to say it. I love you all. I, I've made a lot of friends in this community. I've made a lot of enemies, too. I've made a lot of people that have that have told me to F off and I'm a jerk and uh, I'm just a Marvel sheep and all this other crap, not realizing that I've been reading DC Comics since I was a child 40 years ago. So I get it. Um, so I understand sometimes I'm the enemy. I have said to you guys a million times on this podcast, you've heard me say it, you have accomplished great things and I am going to reap every reward that you have fought for. So it's not fair, but it's true. I am reaping all the rewards. However, stop, 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 mm-hmm. stop. This was stop. I, w- I couldn't take it. So the little bit that I did finally consume and then did a little bit of research before we had to go into this podcast was I'll, I'll start it by saying I love the DC animated universe. I think they are doing a very good job. They can hit areas that I don't believe the main movies can hit because they can expand into some deep dives into the comic lore that even a guy like Snyder would probably be like, I need to stay away from that because it's just mm. a little insane. Um, mm. And they could do that. My feeling is this stems from two places. I think number one, there's this discomfort still that the three of us spoke about last week with the term Elseworlds and how that means that the Snyderverse could somehow be lesser than the current DCEU movie counterparts. And that really is unfair because if they are coming out on HBO Max and HBO Max, as we know, is is prestige television. I do not foresee anything that comes out in the Snyderverse to be less than what 
especially if Snyder's behind it, his version of perfection. I don't I just don't see that happening. So I understand that there's this internal fight kind of happening. It's like, well, if it's Elseworlds, then it's not the real canon. But but we need to stop that because there's so many stories that can be told. So mm. many stories. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I would say, the second is that in, there's also this conversation that animated it in some way is lesser than a movie. And that might give the middle finger to Zach, to his vision. And while I do believe that's a legit argument to make because I think movies are on a different level than an- animation, so I think your prestige stuff should be live action and should be film. You know, we've seen it with anime. Um, we've seen it with some of the stuff that both Marvel and DC have produced. We've seen it in, with Todd McFarlane and his Spawn series that was on HBO. You can make some truly incredible animation that's very adult. And when I mean adult, it's not just sex and violence. Lupe, you and I talked about this off the pod one day. We're talking about an elevated not only the themes but their dialogue. Things are just mm-hmm. on another level. Mm-hmm. And if a guy like Snyder was a part of that, like Todd McFarlane, I don't – I believe he would throw his weight behind it. Mm-hmm. And you would have the opportunity to have this budding Elseworlds infinite Earth universe that could exist both live action as well as animation. Again, like Paul said, it's not like the, uh, the author – I think it was Mark. It's not like Mark threw his weight behind this necessarily. But he actually did make a couple legit arguments if you read through what he said. And at the end of the day, no one's saying that Snyder shouldn't have his universe on HBO Max either. And we still don't know what the hell's going to happen when all this ends. So that's that's my take on it. I, I still think if you're a DCEU fan – and I should shut up because I'm taking too much time. I still think if you're a DCEU fan, this is definitely a have-your-cake-and-eat-it-too scenario. So much mm-hmm. good – shit outside of the cw there's so, so much good mm-hmm. shit um and i know it has its fans i shouldn't say that coming out of dc i really think that you have an opportunity to expand because maybe they wouldn't make that live action and wow now you have the opportunity as long as it doesn't replace it that part of the argument i understand mm-hmm. so now I'll, I'll go to lupe though for for the rest okay um yeah no i mean i don't have any different take to add to it i can just only re-emphasize what you said Buttress it. Yeah. As long as Zach gets to make his movies, mm-hmm. anything else is just a plus. And I grew up, you know, like my I was talking my awakening to cinema <laughs> was the Matrix uh movies. And what the Wachowskis were able to do was build an entire storytelling universe. Much in the way that Star Wars has been doing forever, right? So you got film, animation. Video games, books, comic Good books. Good point. Toys. You have, you know, so if Warner Brothers and HBO Max and DC are going to throw their weight behind the Snyderverse as this sort of pocket elseworld that they can tell stories with across multiple platforms and different iterations, give me a, a, a Snyderverse superman video game give me a snyderverse um give me a snyderverse comic book with green arrow who we haven't you know seen in the actual movies give me a snyder um you know uh novelization of black canary or dr fate in that same universe you know it's just it's just a plus the only thing that kind of disappointed me with this conversation and i'm with you uh christian is the infighting and just the the aggression and what was 
quite disappointing was to see Jay Oliver involved. Now, I think I understand why he was involved, because I think it's something that he and Mark Hughes have probably discussed because they're working on some projects together. Mm-hmm. They've gotten a little bit closer over the years, and they probably thought, we need to pitch this idea. This is an amazing idea. The way to first do it is put the word out to the fandom, then get the fandom behind it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once that groundswell, that demand is there, then you have firmer ground to stand on to make your proposal. Right. But right. once you start hearing naysayers within the fandom, then that's going to, you know, that defeats your goal. So to him, it was quite personal. He probably, reading the article or knowing of the article, that wasn't the first time, you know, that topic had been broached. There's probably an agenda behind that article. So he took it quite personal and he actually kind of attacked and put on blast members of the fandom who didn't understand the concept and voiced uh, their displeasure, although they were acting on... um, incomplete information and it fed into the infighting and that's one thing about this fandom this fandom the dceu fandom was formed by fighters basically Mm -hmm. these are people who had to fight for what they love that's how they came into the fandom that's how they existed because they were bullied so much from outside there was no other way that they could exist. So I think a lot of people in the fandom are very used to fighting. So when there's nobody outside to fight them, when they won all their wars <laughs> and all the battles have have finished, then they turn inwards on each other and start fighting on each other. So it's one of those things that's a blessing and a curse. It's like the DCEU, they're like Spartans, which is <laughs> ironic. There are The DCEU fandom is a warrior fandom, and that's good for winning battles outside. But when all the wars are, are, are won and you vanquished all your enemies, then you turn inward and consume yourself. So that's something that DCEU fans need to be um, more uh, aware of, have a little bit more self-awareness, be kinder to each other, save all that aggression and all that uh, venom for those outside the fandom. But the idea I think is, is brilliant. Um, Christian covered it very well. If it's in Zack Snyder's universe, if his name is attached even adjacently, the quality is going to be good. Jay Oliver has been doing great work in animation for years. So if he's like the head of that little arm, I'm 100% with it. And um, yeah, I have nothing more to add. Like, I'm, I'm all for it. And don't stop at animation. I want to see video games. I want to see novels. <laughs> I want to see freaking playing cards and board games and hopscotch on the sidewalk and whatever. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm here for that. And I'll, I'll hand it over to Paul. Yeah, no, Lupe, you, you stole uh, a lot of the words right out of my mouth there. I, I think they were trying to pitch this and, and build support to prove uh, the case for it. And, and they didn't really handle – actually, you know what? In fairness to Mark Hughes, he actually handled it fairly well. He he's followed it up with a couple tweets when people when people started to push back like he got a lot of uh, like you say like the no no animation no compromise uh, only live action that kind of stuff uh, respond like sort of knee jerk reactions from the fandom uh, you know animation is not acceptable um, that kind of stuff right Mark Hughes handled it pretty well he qualified uh, he qualified his comments and in fairness his original tweet 
actually said, uh, I explained how and why HBO Max could continue the Snyderverse in animation in addition to any live action plans they have. Um, and then he goes on to clarify further that, uh, you know, he says, attention, anyone reading my article and thinking I'm promoting animation instead of live action for Snyderverse content is misunderstanding. I suggest animation because A, I love animation, B, DC does it great, and C, COVID plus recession are causing studios to delay live action. So I'm saying whether you're going to make live action later or not, for now, there's no reason not to get started on animated projects that can be done now and mm -hmm. would be great alongside possible live action as well. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes, plus, I'd love to see what uh, animated DC and Snyderverse looks like too. So he he's clarified without attacking. Uh, like you, Lupe, I was really disappointed by the aggression with which um, Jay Oliva went after uh, some of the fans. And um, and like like you say, I think he had a personal investment in it. Um, I think he probably took it personally that uh, that people were treating animation as though it were lesser, as though it was lesser, not good enough for Snyder. And and again, if this is in the Snyderverse, Snyder's going to be on board. And when Snyder rebranded the Stone Quarry, he talked about animation. I mean, that's one of the uh, uh, one of the pillars, I guess, of of their new um, you know of the new the new company name that they've they've put together um so so he's interested in animation he's worked with jay oliva mark hughes has worked with jay oliva so clearly mark hughes is not uh an impartial observer in this right he he's partnered with jay oliva i can't remember what series it is they're working on do you remember off the yeah, top of your head Lupe? house what? of the dead house okay yeah so, so they're based on on some uh action figures uh miniature sculptures it's it's pretty compelling stuff Okay, cool. So, so I mean, they've already got a working relationship. He's clearly, you know, pushing for this not solely as an impartial observer. Jay Oliva is obviously invested. He wants to work. He likes the universe. Uh, but, but yeah, I just I wasn't. It left a bad taste in the in my mouth. Um, you know, when you start quote tweeting to shame people so that your followers will pile on, and of course, I mean, they they have followings, right? Especially Jay Oliva has, uh, you know, he's built up a loyal following of Snyder fans who really appreciated the fact that he validated us um, mm -hmm. and gave us credibility at a time when we didn't have it in this movement and, and really helped us gain traction. And of course, when he quote tweets someone to shame them, um, uh, people pile on. And then other people that have large followings in our fandoms did the same thing, start quote tweeting people and calling them out. And what a mess. Like it just leaves such a bad taste in your mouth. And, and, and at the end of the day, People are entitled to their opinion. If they don't like animation and don't want that for the for the for the universe and aren't going to support it, well then you can say that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. me personally, I, I I think once you once you've gone through, once you sifted through all this and the explanation, I think ultimately what we're talking about is stories that probably wouldn't get told in live action. So this is more. This is something that you wouldn't get in live action, so you're getting something extra. And mm -hmm. there are great examples where this has worked, right? You've got Clone Wars, which has been brought up. You've got the Animatrix, which has been brought up. Another one which I really like is Tron Uprising, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. the uh, the animated prequel to Tron Legacy, which helped mm -hmm. to fill the gap in between um, Tron and Tron Legacy. And, and Tron Uprising was canceled after one season, which was a shame. Uh, because I think that one was doing a really good job at filling in that that prequel gap before Tron Legacy. So that's another example I'd hold up and say, well, this can be really cool. And as, and, and like you said, Lupe, if Snyder's attached his name to it, it's not going to be low quality. Jay Oliva's got a good track record with the DC animated films. Now, that style of animation is also not necessarily my my personal favorite style of animation. 
Um, and I know some people suggested CGI and Gio Oliva came back and sort of rebutted that and said, well, you know, like a CG animated film, um, you could be incredibly expensive. Right. And at one point he said, um, you know, that it, uh, he said CG animated films take longer. Usual production cycle is anywhere from two and a half to five years before it hits theaters. He said, my direct-to-video films have about an 18-month turnaround. Uh, that's why I was able to do so many films in a shorter amount of time. Of course, it wasn't CG quality. So I think that's where they're aiming for, at least in the pitch they're making, they're, they're going for that from that standpoint. The, uh, we're not going to get like this pristine CG animation. You're probably going to get something more like the direct-to-video quality, but maybe, mm-hmm. maybe something a little more unique. And, and I get why there's a little bit of pushback to that because part of what makes Snyder's universe so compelling is Snyder's personal visual flair, right? It's his, it's his style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his, his visual storytelling. So when mm-hmm. you, when you compromise on that, and I think, and that's maybe where this no compromise stuff comes from, there is a risk that it's going to lose some of the magic uh, mm-hmm. that his films have. Right. And, and if that's the way you feel, uh, I think you should be entitled to say that respectfully. And in some cases, I mean, people literally started off by saying, hey, I love your work and I respect you, but here's what I think. And then they still get put on blast, right? Which, <laughs> which you know, left a bad taste in my mouth. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling on here. The other thing I just want to say from that article is that, that Mark Hughes in that same article sort of made a point of calling out that he's heard nothing um, to substantiate the Ben Affleck returning rumors. Yeah. And, and he, he kind of said, at least from his perspective, he kind of considers that a fake news and uh and and sort of did said like from what he's hearing that's that's not 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 on the table at all and that Affleck's expressed no interest in that so whether it is or isn't um you know whether there's any substance to it all he's sort of thrown his hat on the table and said hey this is this is not something I've heard about at all and then other outlets of course have taken with that and said taken that and said you know Forbes confirms that the Affleck rumors were uh, were false so I don't know. What do you guys take away? Do you guys have anything to add on that little point or just wait and see? I mean, he's the same guy who said that the Snyder Cut was not real until he started working with Jill Liver. Right. Jill right. Liver probably sat him down and drilled it into his head. Hey, dumb dumb, the Snyder Cut is real. So well, I, I'm not saying ahead. that Ben Affleck is coming back 100%, but I'm saying that um, I'm not taking his word as Bond. Yeah, I mean, clearly. Now, in fairness to Hughes, he has—he was one of the few that actually came out early and admitted he was wrong when he was wrong. And like you said, it was very shortly after he sort of uh, started or developed this working relationship with Jay Leva, and I'm sure he was straightened out by Jay Leva on that. But I mean, that said, he's still working with Jay Leva, so I'm assuming his connection to information is much better now than it was when he was denying the Snyder Cut, at least in terms of access to information that would be relevant to the Snyderverse. So interesting, but I mean, I obviously I don't think in this industry, anything's ever totally ruled out just because Hughes mm-hmm. hasn't heard about it. Doesn't mean it can't happen. Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, um, let's not forget that even Zack Snyder recently said he didn't think the Snyder Cut was going to come out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anything is, anything is possible until it's impossible until it's yeah. definitively impossible. And, uh, yeah, um, I guess th- this this bears watching. Um, fingers crossed something comes of it. As I said, more is more and more is better. So um, as long as, 
you know, we get Snyder's movies and we get, you know, really good cinematic um, offerings, then anything that's, you know, icing on the cake, gravy on the side, mm-hmm. I'm all here for it. So um, still talking about uh, the Snyderverse. Today was a hoot. Today was um was a really fun day. So rumors have been swirling around about Ryan Reynolds' possible involvement in the Snyder Cut, and it kind of started trickling with he personally referencing the Snyder Cut on several occasions, making jests, making light um of it, and. That started to, you know, just trickle some rumors and some some antennas started, you know, being perked up. On the 12th of November last year, uh, where the Snyder Cut was not yet released, he tweeted uh, in response to an article. Honestly, I thought release the Snyder Cut was something you're supposed to yell while making love. My bad. <laughs> in his normal tongue-in-cheek fashion. And then at... CCXP, which is a, a Comic-Con experience in Brazil, where he was promoting Six Underground and, and Free Guy. He, you know, gave a little spiel, synopsis of, of Six Underground, and then he ended with saying, in short, it's the Snyder Cut. And the, mm-hmm. the crowd, you know, erupted, and everybody was like, oh my goodness, like, he's actually, like, mentioning the Snyder Cut, you know. That was kind of a monumental moment for the movement because it further cemented how deeply ingrained into the fan pop culture uh, consciousness the Snyder Cut was. And then recently, Grace Randolph um, tweeted that she'd been hearing rumors that he is involved and that they're working on a deal and we've talked about it on this podcast as well so today ryan reynolds tweeted i'm not playing hawkman in black adam this is in response to some rumors that were floated around that he was actually playing hawkman he denied those he said although i generally do whatever the hell the rock tells me to do i would however love to be in Zack snyder's justice league movie and i've heard i may already be in it Hashtag Snyder Cut. So that got the internet buzzing. And people were like, is he joking? Is he trolling? Is it real? Like, what's going on? To be or not to be? Then he tweeted. <laughs> he tweeted as, uh, uh, basically uh, Ryan Reynolds' cut of his Green Lantern movie. And basically <laughs> was like, chopped to hell. <laughs> and then they ins- he inserted like a different pilot as Hal Jordan. Like kind of making fun of the Superman mustache. So it was like. Hilarity ensued, you know. So the question I have to you guys is, does this color your uh, your ideas of him being in the Snyder Cut or not? Does this give more credence to Grace Randolph's scoop? Um, do you think he's hinting at something? Is he trolling? What does DC fandom have in store for the people? Let's start with Christian and then Paul uh, take over. That, dude, that's part of the fun of Ryan Reynolds. He's such a freaking goofball. Like, that's just what he is. And he's been a goofball his entire career. He's hysterical. And his his relationship with Hugh Jackman is the stuff of legend. I mean, the guy is, he's just funny. The, the internet has pretty much, we're all convinced he's the guy that leaked the Deadpool footage. 
and made sure that got sent out to the internet. And then fans apparently pushed it hard enough to get 20th Century Fox to make Deadpool after the abomination that was in X-Men Origins. So in Wolverine, th- this is the kind of guy he is. And he just ha- – dude, he's good-natured about everything. He lets things roll off his shoulder. He makes fun of people, but when he makes fun of you, it's almost like he's doing it in a really good-natured way. So you really – it's not like he's making fun of you because he thinks you're beneath him. He's just having fun. That's pretty much it. So the bottom line is – look, I can't speak for Grace's scoop or anything like that, and I'll leave it to Paul if, he see, if he's seen some evidence to the contrary. There's nothing concrete out there. There's nothing hard that says he's absolutely going to be in it. Is it a possibility? Sure. Definitely a possibility because anything is a possibility. I really don't think so. I mean it's just – I don't see that unless Zach is really going hard into some sort of infinite earth Elseworlds thing and he's really going to start borrowing from all these other universes. I don't think that particular Hal Jordan necessarily fits there. Zach could probably make it work, whatever. I just think this is Ryan Reynolds having fun because this is what he always does. He's like the ultimate troll and it's it's just – supposed to be a good time and this thing was hysterical it made me laugh i you know i cracked up at it and i don't think you can take too much from it but if it got people talking if it got people looking if it got people getting excited for dc fandom that's a good thing i think that's two thumbs up that's awesome and hey i'm just gonna throw it out there you never know it's absolutely possible there's a lot of people out there saying fuck no and there's a lot of people out there saying absolutely yes but you never know so this is Hollywood, and I think it happens. So, and, and he's like Zach, except in a much more fun way. He's much, he's one of the most coy guys out there. He's just going to play coy, um, and he's a master at his craft. So, congratulations to Ryan. I think it was funny. I cracked up, but that doesn't necessarily my my dial has not been changed. I don't think he's going to be in it. So, I'll, I'll leave it to Paul. Yeah, I'm I'm still not sure what to make of this. And <laughs> and you know when I when I saw that tweet, uh, the one where he's you know, denied the Hawkman rumor and then, you know, didn't outright deny being in Snyder's Justice League and said he'd actually like to be in it and he, and he heard he might already be in it with a question mark. I mean, I kind of thought that lent a little additional credibility to it because he's hmm. clearly denying one and leaving the door open for the other. But at the same time, you know, going back to when we originally discussed this, I mean, it just – I'm having a hard time picturing the fit. To be quite honest, and it, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it couldn't work, uh, but uh, you know, I, it, it it just initially I thought I thought the rumor was nonsense. I started to believe in the possibility of it a little bit more because Grace was so adamant, and clearly she's got a good connection right now, um, and she's still adamant. She's still doubling down on it. And uh, you know, right after the Hawkman rumor came out, she doubled down on it again, and then Reynolds came out with this one today. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, really, it's a it's a coin flip. I just want DC Fandom to get here and let's let's figure out what's going on one way or another. But uh, I'm completely confused. And at this point, if he's in it, it won't surprise me. If he's not in it, it won't surprise me. And in a weird way, I wasn't actually that into him being in it. But now I think I might be a little disappointed if he's not in it. Um, so I don't know. You know, it, That's I just funny. I just want to find out one way or another. I'm I'm stumped. Lupe, what do you what do you think? I, I mean, I'm with you too. Like. I should be really upset at him because, dude, bro, you're playing with my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> you are messing with my emotions. Um, honest to God, I'm just, I, I was, I'll say it. I might get disappointed, but I really want him to be Green Lantern so bad. Honest to God, I thought he was an 
excellent Hal Jordan. Just he's he's just got the like in my mind when I picture Hal Jordan, he's got the look for it. Now people will say, oh no no no, he's actually like more Deadpool. Deadpool is a bunch of prosthetics, so he plays Deadpool perfectly. He really plays Deadpool Deadpool perfectly. But in terms of just his physical look, his stature. His his hair, his everything. He looks exactly like Hal Jordan. It's <laughs> uncanny. And um, people give that movie so much shit. Um, I'm gonna go back and rewatch it. Poor choice of words, as the Joker said, because <laughs> the villain in it looks like a big flying. CGI clown. CGI out of shit. That was flush from another galaxy or something. <laughs> Um, but, but he was one of the things, one of the redeeming qualities of the movie was Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan. You never hear anyone complain about him as Hal Jordan. Um, he gave it a hundred percent. He, he really did. He really did. And the Mark only, Strong, the, the Green Lantern Corps uh, was the best part of that movie. Sorry, was, Lupe. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, you're, no, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I feel like the things that the movie lacked are the things that Zack Snyder excels in. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Zack Snyder should direct a Green Lantern movie, mm-hmm. but if he's going to touch that universe, like the costume, a CGI costume, there's nothing wrong with a CGI costume, people. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I know you're like, oh my god, did he say that? <laughs> God's costume in Man of Steel is CGI. Yeah, Kal-El's cape. Half Kal-El's the time is cape. CGI. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Manhattan is CGI. Cyborg in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and we've seen, at least from trailers, we can tell. And picture, pajamas. It's fully, <laughs> fully CGI. Batman's cape in Batman v Superman is CGI. Some of the the mecha suits, the Frank Miller, you know, mm-hmm. mecha suit Batman in in BVS. Some entire shots of that are just are are just um, a stunt double wearing just the cowl, and the rest of it is CGI. Zack Snyder will make the suits either CGI or augment an actual suit with CGI to make it more ethereal and alien-like, and he will do it justice. And we've seen him do Alien Worlds with with Krypton, so yeah. we know he'll do that well. So um, I think that it's it's good it, with such great serendipity to kind of correct something that went you know, left and kind of missed. And it'll be the second time that Ryan Reynolds is doing it in his career. But as as Christian and Paul said, it could be the case. It couldn't be the case. This is the twist I'll add to it. Now, let's look at what he, what he said, and let's just take it at face value, and let's use logic. Mm-hmm. Paul pointed something out that's very telling. He denied one of the rumors and didn't deny the other. There is yeah. something to that, like just yeah. looking at it on face value. Like, why did he make fun and say, I'm playing Hawkman and I'm playing um, Green Lantern and I'm playing, you know, like list of thousand others and make fun of that. He specifically said, I'm not playing Hawkman and Black Adam. And then he he apologized to The Rock to make it you know, clear that he's not throwing any shade. Mm-hmm. And then he said, however, I would love to be in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Maybe... He wants to be in the movie, but there's something going on in, neg- in negotiations. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. If you just use logic and look at what he's saying. And, and, and you know what? 
Oh, go ahead, Lupe. There's one thing I forgot to mention, so go ahead and I'll, I'll add it when you're done. And I'll just I'll, I'll just wrap up with this because I re I really want to hear your your take on this because it could be as when we're talking when we're discussing uh, Ryan Reynolds in 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 Justice League, uh, the thing that I was scared about was Ryan Reynolds. That's an expensive motherfucker. Jesus <laughs> Christ, like. No. He has made he has made it in Hollywood. His price tag ain't no joke. You're not getting Ryan Reynolds at a discount. Nope. Although on the flip side, he did cameo in that The Rock and Jason Stratham movie, the Fast and Furious spinoff. Mm -hmm. So you can get him, you know, um, in a cameo role. But I think if he's going to be in Justice League and in a subsequent movie, it's going to be a substantial role. The contract is going to be it's going to be heavy. Then also you have Greg Berlanti's Green Lantern. So is there a conflict there that they're trying to work out? Um, so these could all be issues that they're trying to work out. And then you know he's saying, "I heard I, I may be I may already be in it." That might be him hinting that people are jumping the gun or you know that sort of thing. So that's I think that this might be a ploy for him to drum up fan support. Just like the smartest people who use social media do, like we're discussing that Mark Hughes and Jay Oliver just did, like a lot of other people have done, like he did with Deadpool, with leaking the the footage. And we all know it was him. No matter how much he denies it, we all know it was him that leaked the footage. It was so him. this might be him using social media to to push more chips to his side of the bargaining table. Right. Uh, so, Paul, I, I'd like to hear uh, your your take on this. Yeah, no, Lupe, I think you may be right. I mean, it certainly he he's clearly expressing an interest. Like he, uh, you know, he's saying he wants to be, he'd love to be part of Jackson Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? So he's clearly interested in it. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was that uh, I believe it was the same day or maybe uh, earlier, like the. Or, you know, the, late the day before, he liked another tweet from someone named Alex Lobo who said, uh, "Haters will say it's fake, but Van City Reynolds will say otherwise at DC at DC Fandom hashtag Green Lantern." Hmm. And and Ryan Reynolds liked that tweet, right? Which doesn't hmm. necessarily mean anything, um, because he he actually Alex Lobo uh, put in a, a a picture of Zack Snyder's tweet that said, this is real uh, hashtag release of Snyder cut HBO max with a picture of Zack Snyder's justice league. But why would so, he like that though? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's, it's certainly, uh, it, it makes you question why of all the tweets, uh, you know, that have, that have, you know, that have tagged him. Did he suddenly like that one at this time? And that one actually came out, I think right after the, uh, right after the Hawkman rumor came out. So um, I don't know, man. It's just one more, one more piece of lets you. It makes you think that at very minimum he's interested, if not mm -hmm. already. If it's not already happening, he's interested in negotiating. As I say, at this point, if I if you ask me to to pick, I'd probably say he's probably. I think he's in it, right? But it's a bit of a coin flip, right? And and, and like I say, even though I was lukewarm on the idea the idea at first, I think at this point I'd be disappointed if he's not in it. And the only thing that would make me happier, actually, than him being in it is if they somehow snuck Tom Cruise in there. That's how it's worked. Now, now um, as for the cost, um, he's he's an interesting guy, right? Like, from what you see, I I don't think the money's that important to him. And I, I, I'm sure he commands an impressive salary, right? But at the same time, would it seem so odd to you if he just did a small cameo or 
maybe not even a small cameo, maybe a reasonable cameo at at a reasonable cost just because he wanted to do it, just because he wanted to be part of something and get his foot back in the door, redeem himself in the role, get his foot back in the door in a universe where money will follow. Like, I mean, this guy's made so much money that I don't think the money matters. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that, uh, you know, is, is, is necessarily uh, enamored with uh, getting the last dollar. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously, but um, I don't know. I just, I don't get that vibe from him that, that, I just don't think that squeezing every penny out of a deal is is the most important thing to him. So it wouldn't shock me, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint that they could get him in that they could get him in this. I think the the bigger concern is the whole how does this fit with the Berlanti Jeff Johns Green Lantern and will that cause uh, conflict? But that's partially addressed at least by the multiverse. And you know, we talked before: is it even possible that they could tie them together? Sure. And if not, does it really matter? Eh. Maybe to some people, but I think I think the audience is 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 going to get it eventually that these are that these are separate universes and uh, or could potentially be separate universes. And I think I think the the give the audience a little bit of credit for being able to to differentiate one series from a from another, right? Like if if HBO Max comes out and says no, this great Lan- this Green Lantern series on HBO Max is is entirely separate from the Snyder movies, I, I think people can grasp that concept. I don't think that's so outrageous you know for the general audience to, to understand so i don't think that should be a major sticking point uh but you never know maybe executives would be concerned about that maybe marketing people would be concerned about it you, you just never know but um anyhow i mean i think as i say if i if yeah if you pin me down and said what, what do you think is going to happen i i, I kind of think he's going to be in it now and I'll, I'll leave it at that you know i would it's definitely you know it's it, my final word on it is definitely i still think it's you know ryan having fun but like Paul said, there absolutely could be another side to it. I guess my final thought on it is this. Now, I don't know Zach personally, and it doesn't matter if you like his movies or you don't, and you like his style or you don't. Zach has always struck me as the type of filmmaker that has this – everything kind of fits. There's, you, know, you might not agree with the, the execution, but it fits. Everything has a place. So if he's going to go through with this, I don't see him just throwing that version of Hal Jordan in there because he wants to toss Ryan Reynolds a bone. There's going to be a reason behind it, and you're going to see that version in a larger role at some point. It's going to mean something more to that universe. So that that actually – and that could play into what Paul was saying with the whole negotiation thing. Maybe that's one thing that Ryan's trying to say is like, give me another shot. That movie was (laughs) – we could do this better. So Mm -hmm. give me another shot. And now Mm -hmm. if you do it on HBO Max, we can go off in crazy directions. So just – you know, throwing it out there because, as I said, I I definitely don't know Zach from Adam, no. but so it's, that's just how it's certainly an out. option for more. I think I think is 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 the yeah. hope, right? Yeah. yeah. Whether or not that would be negotiated in advance, or whether or not it'd be dependent on uh, performance and and popularity of, of Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think those are possible. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're 100 right that he wouldn't necessarily do it without the possibility for more, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This that's this could be that opportunity, right? That little yeah. chance to prove, yeah. hey, look, this is what it could really look like. Yeah. And uh, and um, also we have to remember that Disney is there is an issue going on with Deadpool at Disney mm-hmm. that is not that they're keeping under wraps. You guys remember that um, Deadpool creator um, 
I'm free, I'm blanking on his name. It's the greatest uh, comic book artist. Yes, the yeah, greatest comic book. Feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest comic book artist in history. Um, he is. Uh, I'm gonna get canceled. I'm absolutely <laughs> gonna get canceled. I'm he sorry. Furious at Disney. Like I don't mean like he is upset. He's absolutely furious at Disney's like Raven Mad, and he has been saying that. Disney is 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 they're kind of blocking Deadpool three, and I think it might be because of the R-rated um, nature of of the character. Um, and you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you know," but they're going to you know be lax, or they'll open up a shingle that they can put it under. Nah, um, they actually just sold one of their movies um, because it doesn't. And one of the reasons was that it doesn't fit uh, the Amy Adams movie. Um, actually, it was because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really fit with their family-friendly kind of um, company vibe. So that's another thing. Deadpool is in limbo, is in hiatus. So this could be another superhero, huge blockbuster tentpole um, franchise for him to, you know, ground his career in as he goes and does other things on the side. So, um, yeah, I mean, exciting stuff happening in, uh, in, in streaming and, um, more power to HBO max. If they can pull this off, it's going to be huge feather in the cap. They, they will continue to grow. And hopefully, you know, they can, you know, get on the level that Disney plus has been enjoying and talking about Disney plus, um, Mulan, which was supposed to be a theatrical release, is going to be released on Disney Plus and theaters as well. This new release date. Christian, could you lead us on this discussion? What's up with Mulan? Yeah, and, and what could, you know, I mean, we, this is a continuing conversation that the three of us have had with, you know, the COVID fallout for the movie industry um, and, you know, what this means moving forward. And, I'm going to preface what I'm about to say that saying, you know, Disney says whatever they want to say in the public, whatever's going on behind the scenes, of course, is something different. Their CEO, Bob Chapek, he's the new CEO, did say that the situation with Mulan right now is a one off, that they're not looking at Black Widow. They're not looking at New Mutants. I think that's bunk. Personally, I think they are looking at that. But let's see. In any case, what came across the Twitter sphere today through Hollywood Reporter, Variety and a couple of others saying that now Mulan, the $200 million, let me repeat, $200 million Mulan is going to premiere on Disney Plus on September 4th for a video on demand rental price of $29.99. So 30 bucks. It's, gonna, it's going to uh, preview, I'm sorry, premiere on there. Disney Plus is going to be rolling out something a little different. They have their current monthly package, and now there's going to be like Disney Plus premiere. It's a one-time a one-time thing, but they have something planned, obviously. So Mulan was originally scheduled to open up on March 27th, and it was going to be one of their big releases this year. They were they were planning this huge red carpet premiere in L.A. in March. Obviously, everything got screwed because of the pandemic. They postponed to right around my birthday on July 24th. Then as we spiked in the United States, they pushed it again to August 21st. And then, I don't know if you guys read, but they indefinitely removed the thing from the release calendar. Gone. Mm-hmm. So they've made a big push on this movie, saying that it's very lavish. We have sweeping battle scenes. Um, it's a little bit more adult than the cartoon. They think it's supposed to be a lot more true to its historical um, and cultural roots than the cartoon was. They have a lot behind this movie. 
And it's another indication of dwindling faith that a studio like Disney has that, at least in the United States, we're going to be opening in the near future. And I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think the fallout is from something like this on a big budget movie like this? Because it is a big budget movie from a big budget studio that has been extremely hesitant to talk about video on demand. And you know, do you think it's going to be the last one? Now do you think New Mutants falls and comes with it? Do you think Black Widow happens mm-hmm. behind it? Those are other big ones. Lupe, mm-hmm. I'll start with you. Yeah, um, I, I mean, we, we should – a little clue to why this happened was that um, Disney just released their uh, past two two-quarter earnings mm-hmm. reports that were pulverized by the pandemic, and I think their – uh, opportunity cost losses are something like close to four billion dollars. Some, if I'm if I'm correct, um, so they're trying to you know have some revenue come in any way they can. Um, one thing about business that a lot of people need to to realize that one rule of business is that any positive income is positive income. Mm-hmm. Okay, like you can't <laughs> be stuck thinking about oh you know what. It would make a hundred million dollars if it did this. Like at the end of the day, ten million dollars is better than zero million dollars. <laughs> you know, so that's pretty much where a lot of these studios are are at. Because when you're taking losses, you know, you're having people on payroll, you have rent to pay, insurance, you have utilities, you have a lot of fixed costs. Those are accruing and there is nothing you're going to be able to do to offset those costs in the future if you're waiting, you know, for the perfect time to release something. So part of good business strategy is, you know, make the money that you can make right now and then that will keep you afloat, you know, um, for for the future. So this, it seems like it's an experiment. It's a very complicated release strategy because mm-hmm. I'm hearing that they're going to release in some select theaters in some select locations. I guess that would depend on how some communities are doing with the virus. And then the SVOD release is going to be $29.99. Some people are saying, a lot of people are saying like, that's super high. I mean, that's ballerific. <laughs> like, forget going to the club and throwing your ones and buying bottles of champagne. <laughs> Just rent Mulano VOD. <laughs> what but, kind of club uh, are but, you going to, Lupe? Throwing your ones? <laughs> <laughs> nah, they took I, away I, our $1 bills in Canada. We have to throw tooties now. <laughs> <laughs> we have $1, $2 coins here. <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> but. Um, if you if you think of all the costs that are involved in going to a theater, twenty nine ninety nine is not that high. Obviously, in comparison to other SVOD releases, especially movies that have gone through the theatrical um, the, the theatrical supply chain to get to you know SVOD, it's usually a lot cheaper. But if you're you know at home. You're not buying, you know, theater food, you know, theater parking, transportation, the time cost of traveling to the theater and traveling back. Um, so $29.99 might be reasonable for an entire family or for a couple, maybe for a single person. 
who may have gone to see Mulan alone. I do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't make that much sense. But the people like me that will be doing that are very, very few. So I don't think that that's a big deal. It, it might take a reorientation of our expectations for price. But I think it's actually, at the end of the day, kind of a fair price. Um, now, Christian, if you could, if you mm -hmm. could please um, confirm or deny this for me. So, will that twenty nine ninety nine be a rental, or will that be an outright purchase? It is a rental price. Of oh, oh yeah, my god! They have not released the. Now, I guess Trolls World Tour was nineteen ninety nine. So this is a whole ten bucks more, and people are at ten bucks. Ten bucks adds up, man. Yeah, that oh, shit yeah, adds yeah. up. So, <laughs> well, the thing I, I was gonna. I was going to ask you about that, Christian, as well, because uh, like with Disney Plus, if you you have to be a Disney Plus subscriber already, and then you pay the twenty nine ninety nine on oh. top of it yeah. to view it through Disney Plus. But there's yeah. no facility currently within Disney Plus that allows you to own content through that. It's not it's not like it's not like Apple TV where you've got like a library of things you own. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a Netflix, right? So. So unless they add, I mean, unless they add the the functionality to allow you to store a purchased library in Disney Plus, um, it's not there now. At least not in Canada. I'm assuming it's not there in the states either. No, in the states it's not. They don't have. And again, as I said, they were hinting at something that's called Disney Premier, like Disney Plus Premieres or Disney Plus Premium, you know, something like that that they're going to have. So I'm guessing that it'll get, re you know, it'll get released on some new update to the app either on your TV or your phone or wherever you're streaming it from. I'm sure that'll happen, but both of you are raising an absolutely good point. It is a library service just like Netflix and HBO Max and the rest of them. It's not like Amazon Prime where you can purchase and then store it in your vault and then watch it later on if you want to. If they decide to get rid of something, it, they lose a license, whatever it is, it's gone. Same thing with this. I guess you'll have another section of Disney Plus. But yeah, dude, this is a rental. And they haven't come out and said it's a 48-hour, 72-hour. They haven't said anything like that. They just said video-on-demand rental, and then that's it. Well, that was my next that's question too. Yeah, it's like how long do you get it for then if you're rented? I is it said as far as I know? Is it yeah. one-time watch? Is it forty? Like, <laughs> like well, as soon as you hit press, as soon as you press play, you better sit down and watch it. Like, I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll they'll, they'll give you some kind of window, right? But. Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's going to link up to your Movies Anywhere account and then spread out right. to your other services, right. right? It's At least that's not the impression I'm getting. So, It doesn't seem like it. And, I, and, and you guys, by the way, brought up other good points too. You know, you, you were talking about the different theaters. In one of the articles that I read, and, and we don't have to go too deep into this, but um, how, of course they wanted it to be a big player theatrically. But if you look at China where COVID has – whether we trust their numbers or not, I don't personally, but they have definitely done a better job than the United States in taking out the virus – they announced on July 15th that a movie theater in low-risk regions could reopen by July 20th, but there's restrictions on 30% maximum capacity, half the number of screenings per day, only two-hour max runtime. How can a studio make any money off a blockbuster like that? You can't. Yeah. You can't. No, so this is a calculated risk by them, I think. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, no, um, you know, I'll just, I'll just add on. I mean, you guys have covered it pretty thoroughly, but um, yeah, I mean, when you look at what Chapek's saying. I think they're they're prepared to eat eat a loss, and they're just not sure how much of a loss because he says that uh, it it gives them a chance to recapture some of their original investment, and he said that they want to learn from it and see the actual number of transactions. So I think they're willing to eat a little bit of a loss on this. Um, they want to see how viable this model is, and you know they're going to learn from it, and then based on how this performs, they'll probably make adjustments to their service, or if it's super successful, they'll maybe 
be more prone to release future titles uh, through the same method. But but theatrically, uh, to your point, if you've got reduced capacity, you've got fewer showings, uh, you've got a marketing cost associated with putting it in theaters that's probably more than what you'd have uh, just releasing it on Disney+. Plus. You've got a revenue share with theaters uh, as well on top of that. So, it, you know, they're, they're not going to make their money back in theaters, right? So this no. probably lets them keep more of the money. And, and Lupe, like you were saying, I mean, the audience for single single viewers watching Mulan, I mean, there is one for sure. But, I, I mean, Disney targets families, right? And so for a family, $29.99 is, is actually not unreasonable, right? Even if it's just a rental. Um, it's not, it's not horrible. And Disney fans are hardcore for Disney, right? Like Disney yeah, fans you know, will spend money on Disney. Like Disney spend, fans will spend 80 bucks on collector Mickey ears. Right. You know, like it's, you well, know, it, uh, 30 know, bucks and, is nothing for hardcore Disney fans. Go ahead. No. And you know, and, and if you have a family of three or four, I mean, even my wife and I, if we went to go see a movie of $13 each or whatever, 14 bucks each, you're approaching 30 bucks very easily. Although it's a different experience in the theater. We've talked about that previously. I prefer the theater experience. My, I'll end my comments and you guys can, can take it from here on hidden in Disney's bad earnings call, uh, over the last week was a 5% rise in their stocks, which is weird. Their, their stocks actually went up a little bit. They are now up to 100 million subscribers on their streaming services. So that, of course, includes ESPN Plus, Hulu, Hulu. and Disney Plus. So I think 50% of that is Disney Plus. So they're saying they have 50 million, but they have 100 million subscribers. They're, no, actually, Disney Plus is 60.5. I saw oh, that somewhere. I'm 100% sure I saw that. It's 60.5 million. So I guess that's they're looking at, hey, man, that's got to be a – it's got to be a serious part of their revenue stream moving forward. Sorry, Lupe. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, no, I, I have nothing else to add. Yeah, it's just um, as Paul said, definitely this beer's watching. The the industry is changing right before our eyes, and different studios are trying different things, and everybody's trying to see what's gonna work best. And after we come out of this turbulent time, there's going to be a new normal. There's going to be a new structure to the industry, and that's what we're going to have going forward. It was it was inevitable, but I think this incident um, really forced all the participants to to come to the table and yeah. to come to a new a new normal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Last yeah. point I'll make on this is, you know, I think we all agreed from the trailers that this is one that looks good to us and that interests yeah. us. Yes. And and this is going to be a, a family event for me. Like the day this comes out, we'll be we'll be paying the twenty nine ninety nine or probably forty bucks in Canada to to sit Jeez. down and watch this, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if that's twenty nine ninety nine US, I'd be shocked mm-hmm. if it's the same price in Canadian dollars, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll pay it on opening night because it's about the same as a trip to the theater and uh, right. it's something we're all excited about and we've been looking forward to. So, uh, and especially in this, in this environment where we're, we're all, <laughs> yeah, you can stay you know, away from COVID. Dying, you can stay away from COVID and we're all dying for new content, right? Like yeah. everyone's yeah. Th- th- thirsting for new content, right? So uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to give them my money for this the day it comes out. Mm. Yeah. And we're looking forward to getting a review from you. Um, Mulan is definitely one that we're all we're all looking forward to. So um, yeah. I guess I'll wait for your review, and that might inspire me to drop twenty nine <laughs> ninety nine. All right, I'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to another 
streamer. It seems like we have a very streaming heavy episode <laughs> today. So we started with Sway of the World. We moved on to Disney Plus, and now we're talking about Apple TV Plus. And they inked Leonardo DiCaprio and his uh, production shingle, Appian Way, to a first look deal, an exclusive first look deal. And what that means is that whatever projects they come up with, whatever projects they want to make, Apple TV will get first dibs. And Apart from just having first dibs, they will finance pre-production. So they will sponsor, you know, doing if it has any like VFX mock-ups to do or concept art or uh, concept designs or um, they want to do test shooting for any scenes or test some actors or actresses or, you know, just make up some costumes to see what it will look like. The studio would, you know, put all their financial weight behind that. Um, Appian Way is quite a prolific production uh, company. The credits include The Revenant, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Aviator, Shutter Island, The Ides of March, many documentaries and many other um, smaller films. Uh, Coming up on Apple TV uh, under Appian Way. In, in in collaboration with Leonardo DiCaprio are Killers of the Flower Moon, which is going to be directed by the great Martin Scorsese, and that's a movie that cost $200 million, hmm. and no studio was going to bankroll that, and Apple TV Plus did. However, it's going to have a theatrical um, rollout, and that's going to be distributed by Paramount, so they're kind of sharing the weight. And then also, Elizabeth Moss, uh, one of my favorite actresses ever, Emmy winner from The Handmaid's Tale and from The Invisible Man is going to be starring in Shining Girls for the production uh, Shingle. So um, this is pretty big news. The Leonardo DiCaprio is, I mean, arguably, however you want to slice it or dice it, is top three actor in the world right now. Whether you want to talk about craftsmanship, whether you want to talk about prestige, Box office, not really because it doesn't really do blockbusters, but when he does them, they make money. And he makes, for the, for the level of films he makes, he makes big money. He's just, he's a, he's a movie star. Um, and usually we see these deals signed to studios, you know, like your Warner Brothers, it's your Foxes, your Universals, your Paramounts. Um, but the streamers, they're really leveling up. And they're really changing the game. And they're throwing massive amounts of money and making big promises and fulfilling those promises. And they're bringing these massive stars to to their uh, platforms. And I would, have ne- I would never have thought I'd see the day that Leonardo DiCaprio would be signing a first look deal with what is essentially a TV um, studio. Um, so guys, how does this, you know, news, how does it meet you? What's your instant reaction to it? And what do you think it means for Leonardo DiCaprio, for Apple TV, for streamers, for the industry, whatever comes to mind, let's hear it. Let's start with Christian. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio is definitely a heavy. I I think he's a heavy. And I I was never, when I was younger, 
you know, with Basketball Diaries, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, a whole bunch of other movies he was in. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. eh, he's, you know, Leo. But in recent years, and this guy can flat out act. Oh, yeah. He's flat out act. He's just a, and he, he seems like, you know, at this point, Lupe and I talked about a couple of things before before Paul jumped on the pod. And one of the things that we talked about was that the guy doesn't necessarily need to be in blockbusters at this point in his career right now. And he can recognize and his company, a good story. He can recognize an artist that needs that story to be told. And this is the production company that can do it. And it's a sign of the times <laughs> shit's not happening in, in a theatrical format. It's going to streaming. And it, it's, it's just telling us where things are going right now, where eyeballs are going, where people are looking to spend their money. Now, my wife and I don't currently subscribe to Apple TV ourselves. We, we, the only show that we currently have started watching on Apple TV through somebody else's account was the one with Jennifer Aniston, the morning show. And mm. going again, something else that Lupe and I talked about off the pod, it looks, feels, plays like, has the acting ability behind it, like a prestige, what we would expect from an HBO level TV show. It's cinematic in a mm. lot of ways. You guys have started, you know, I know Lupe watched Greyhound. I think, Paul, you said you're almost done with it. If not, you've already watched it. I have yet to watch it. I guess that's a Sony picture. It doesn't matter. It's being distributed by Apple. That looks amazing. And the biggest thing for me, when you're trying to differentiate yourself, now you're looking at HBO Max. They, they're starting to carve out their niche. At least we hope they are starting to carve out their niche. And we talked a little bit about how Disney Plus had uh, Mandalorian. Whether you like the show or not, it definitely looks like a prestige television show. It's up there. It looks like Winter Soldier is also going to look like a very good TV show, whether you like the story or not. It just looks good. Those These streaming services need that. And I think they need to differentiate themselves in a way so it's more than just your run-of-the-mill Netflix show. Netflix has some – because Netflix the powerhouse. That's the one we always go back to. We always say it's Netflix. But – the problem with Netflix, we talked about it last week, is it's 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 becoming quantity over quality with them. They just crank this crap out constantly, and some of it is good, but some of it's just like it's digital, and it it just seems like a bad you know Saturday night TV movie that you watch in the middle of the night because you can't sleep, you know. And the stuff that now has been coming out of Apple doesn't seem that way. It all seems like prestige TV, and now you got a company like this. You're talking about some of the, like they're going to make a name for themselves this way, and they're going to be giving us good stories. The future looks more and more like it's streaming. I don't – as a lover of cinema, as a lover of movies, I'll stop here. I don't want to see that experience end, and we're in a weird spot because I personally am afraid of COVID. I don't want to get it. I don't want to give it to my family. I don't want to give it to my wife who's had issues, things like that. Absolutely not. Maybe we all have to get it. I don't know. The point is – until that happens, I'll probably be staying – You know, get a vaccine or whatever. I'll probably be staying away from theaters, places where people congregate indoors with poor ventilation. That's going to push me to potentially take a look at new content coming from another place. Streaming is that place, and now you're talking about something that could potentially get close to cinematic quality. I'll stop there. It's just – it's a really interesting turn, guys, and this is one of those production companies that can really make it work. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I am an Apple uh, TV Plus subscriber, um, and I've I've loved the content that I've watched so far. Really high quality stuff. Uh, this seems like it's in keeping with that. I mean, when you attach Leonardo DiCaprio to your brand, I mean, it just it it plays right into that whole premium quality um, image that they're trying to produce. I mean, they recently signed. Uh, a first look deal with Ridley Scott's uh, Scott Free Productions as well. So they've oh, got. I forgot about that dude. Yeah, they, they also signed yeah. one with Idris Elba. 
Uh, Idris Elba as well, yeah. Um, so, so they've got, uh, you know, they've got premium quality content coming. And, and Christian, you made a good point about um, you can find some real gems on Netflix, but sometimes you have to sift through a lot of crap to get it. <laughs> and and I mean, I've tried a lot of shows on Netflix and gave up very quickly. And you do find some good ones, but it's certainly not a consistent high level of quality. Uh, Apple has been, I haven't found a miss yet. I mean, there there may be mm-hmm. some things that aren't necessarily my my subject matter, uh, you know, preference, but, but so far, I mean, the ones that have been recommended to me that I've tried, I've loved them. Like some of my, some of the best shows I've seen in a long time. And we've talked about in, in the past, but, um, uh, that defending Jacob was excellent. Uh, <clears throat> servant was excellent. We're starting the morning, uh, was sure. the morning show, morning, morning show. show. Yeah. yeah. And there's, and there's a couple others I've got bookmarked to come back to afterwards as well. So, uh, high quality and attaching Leonardo DiCaprio's production company, uh, just you know plays into that and i'm looking forward to see what they come up with for apple plus so yeah uh, i'll I'll leave it there but it's um yeah it's as a subscriber it's uh it's got my thumbs up and looking (laughs) forward to seeing what they bring us yeah i'll just wrap it up by saying i mean i completely agree with you guys um apple tv plus i just i gotta give them give them a huge 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 thumbs up there is not a single offering they have that is low quality. The only thing that seems like kind of a Netflix kind of quality show is um, the series that's kind of like in the office style. Mythic Quest. I was going to say yeah, that. That's, I, was, I haven't watched it yet, but it, it's, it looked kind of Netflix quality. I mean, but who knows? Maybe it's great. Have you watched it, Lupe? Yes. Yes, I have watched it. It's, oh, so is it not, Netflix quality then? It is Netflix quality, but I think it's on purpose because it's supposed to be – a kind of documentary, kind of like handheld camera kind of style. So it can't be too polished. It can't be like the morning show, right? It's supposed to be like there's a film crew with like basic cameras and they're following people around, you know, their their office as they, you know, make this, you know, game or whatever. So I think that's intentional. But apart from that, every other single show, the quality is extremely high. The 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 production value, the costuming, the editing, sound design, the musical score. Like Apple, obviously, is what the second, or is the, I think is the most profitable uh, company in the entire world, and so they have deep pockets and it shows. Um, the only reason why Netflix is ahead of the rest of the players is because they have the advantage of the first mover. They've basically become like the Coca Cola of the industry they got there first everybody has has them in their homes so once they keep on feeding people you know crumbs and good stuff you know once in a while they'll maintain their market position but in terms of a hit rate apple tv is better i'm really hoping that hbo max gets their shit together and we begin to see you know really good event content on their uh site we don't yet have a really good idea of what their signature is you know when you can look at something and say okay that's from you know hbo max so that's from hulu or that's from you know um apple uh plus tv as a matter of fact i'm on thursday an american pickle is coming out and i'm going to be watching that um oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. i'm looking forward to watching that and yeah, we're gonna watch that too putting out a, re- a review for that um so that will be a first indication of what their originals can look like. Um, but yeah, this is just, it's, it's fascinating. As I said, Leonardo DiCaprio, one of the biggest movie stars in the world, signing 
to Apple TV, a streaming platform. The world is changing right before our eyes. But um, I think it's it's better for it's better for for us. I just hope that the theatrical experience doesn't die out. I feel like we may be. That's going, my biggest fear. Yeah, we may be going the way of the drive-in theater, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of they'll still be available, but it's no longer going to be that real cultural touchstone, that cultural essential in our lives, that 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 force of habit. Oh, we're going to the movies. I think that in the future, I don't think that's going to be a thing. I think it's going to be a treat, a niche kind of thing. Um, because as it is, when I was younger, I mean, I'm not a terribly old person, but I feel like when I was like younger and a teenager, you know, I used to go for dates at the movies like these days. It seems like in the dating scene, people frown on going to the movies for dates for at least when you're dating someone and getting to know someone, you know, before, you know, you start going to your houses and you know each other that well. So even talking about culturally, I really think that, you know, movie theaters are are things are changing and it's going to be quite interesting but i love theatrical experience it'll just it'll be something that that we'll see where it goes in the future i i hate ending on such a sad note but um but it's not looking good for theaters is all i can say (laughs) to keep it 100 uh it's it's a tough i think it's tough especially the competition for eyeballs money you know convenience it's it's hard man convenience is such a big thing convenience convenience the internet has made that convenience factor just because if you're going to be going to the theaters it's a conscious decision Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're saying i am as chilling and i'm ignoring all the other great options because the options that you have at home are just as good you're saying i actually want to go to a theater and Mm -hmm. in the future we're going to get to a point especially with televisions are going to get incredibly good like some of us have really advanced televisions now that are incredible massive sizes whatever like in the future those are only going to become cheaper and more accessible right right so we are going to get to a point where going to the theater is may not make the most sense because if you're if you want to leave the house you don't have to go to the theater you could go bowling or you could go you know just outdoors to do you know something else so um it's 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 not looking good for theaters it's not (laughs) but we'll keep our fingers crossed and and we'll be keen observers and we'll keep you guys updated as things evolve and that's it for our discussion topics. Let's move on to our coming soon section. And I am so excited because <laughs> it's the first time in a long time. Coming soon is back, like when Michael Jordan came back in the 4-5. Um, so we have two trailers to react to. The first one is The Boys Season 2. Stars Carl Urban and a host of other crazy characters. Um... It will debut on the 4th of September, and it will be on Amazon Prime. It's become somewhat of a cult smash hit. I think it's going to just go from strength to strength. Guys, I didn't watch this trailer because 
I'm saving myself from being spoiled by anything. <laughs> but feel free to delve into the spoilers of the trailer um, and tell us, you know, what you thought of the final trailer for The Boys Season 2. Let's start with Paul. Yeah, I um, so I just watched this one uh, right before we started here. And, um, I, I mean, it. we've seen little bits before in the, in the previous teaser and trailer. And uh, this one, I guess, um, added a little more onto that, sort of uh, reminds you where you left off last season and then gives you a little more introduction to the new uh, female character. Christian, do you remember her name? Yeah, her name is Stormfront. She's Stormfront, played by Aya Cash. Yep. Okay, now she's she's sort of, um, I guess, what I'm taking from this trailer is that she's sort of advocating for the need for more supers to fight the looming threat of super terrorists, and um, and and so she's trying to re- get rally support for that. And Homelander uh, clearly doesn't trust her, and she seems to be on a on a comparable power level with him. Uh, so so you can see some some brewing. Um, you know they're they're on the same team, but also some brewing uh, mistrust between them, and maybe brewing conflict. Um, and then there's you know more of the same. You got Butcher and and the gang trying to trying to take out Supers, and uh, more of the same sort of over the top, um, you know, violence and uh, and antics that that come along with the first season, and the same sort of uh, satirical comedy. So. If you like season one, I think you're going to be excited for season two. And I've I've certainly seen enough. Um, I don't want to be spoiled anymore, and I don't think we will be at this point. But um, I've seen enough, and I'm ready to watch season two. So I'm looking forward to it. And um, yeah, that's that's about it. Christian, do you have anything to add to that, or Lupe, you have anything to add to that? I I think I'd watch anything with Kyle Urban at this point. He's so freaking entertaining. I I, I love that guy. I I just I love him. Love the accent. I love the way it's just everything about him and this character. And I liked him in Dread and everything. I just he's awesome. I just like everything the guy does. So he is mm-hmm. extremely entertaining. Um, no, I think there's not really a lot for me to add here, uh, Paul. I think you nailed it. And we talked about it, I believe, in the second trailer. Now this to Lupe's fear. This doesn't go crazy with the spoilers. There's a little bit more about Stormfront, so I guess that could be a spoiler, but if you stall where the story was going, that's not a true one. The only thing that's big is that she seems like she can go toe-to-toe with Homelander, and she's got her own agenda, um, and obviously she is very willing to kill in order to get that agenda. I think my takeaway from this trailer was, look, I was already sold on season two like you were, man, so you know, I'm watching this no matter what. If you liked season one, you have watched all three of these trailers and said, this given, this is giving me more of what I want. I'm sold. When is this thing starting? I need it to start streaming tomorrow. Let's go. And if you haven't liked it, I think you're like, what is with people? Like, why are they into this show? I don't understand it. Um, so it gave you more of what you wanted if you were ready for it. And it gave you more to hate if you already disliked it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the nature of the boys and what it is. So I'm at, I'm with Paul, by the way. Bring it on. Uh, this is was highly entertaining. The trailer made me laugh. It made me go, ugh. There were a couple brutally disgusting moments in it. Um, but that's that's part of the show. That's part of the show. Um, you know, without going too deep in some of the politics behind it. We got to see a little bit of Voight and everything, but they didn't go too deep. I, I'm, I'm sure they'll go deeper in, when the show comes out. But hey, man, highly entertaining. If you like it, you like it. If you hate it, you hate it. <laughs> have, have, you, have you actually heard anyone say they hate the boys? I mean, I've heard a few people say I they have. don't think it's as great yes. as everyone else yes. does, but I, I, I've never have. Yeah, really? I, I definitely have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. when they wow. hate it, they, I, they I've not heard that. Like, I haven't yeah. even seen it on my timeline. I mean, if anything, I see it held up as, uh, you know, by, by Snyder haters as a, as a better way of doing uh, that type of material, which I don't think <laughs> is a fair it. criticism at all. Because, but but I've not seen anyone actually tear it apart. 
Like I've no, seen I've... the comparison to Homelander, Homelander to Snyder Superman, which is complete nonsense. But well, let's uh, go. Yeah, that's gone. But yeah, no, I've, I've I've seen very little negativity towards the boys. Uh, I must just be looking at uh, a different different subset of the Twitterverse than you guys are. Then, don't get me wrong, I see more people liking it than disliking it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you know 80 percent of my timeline hates the thing. But no, there's there's hate out there, and occasionally somebody brings up I think a very viable you know they a good reason for disliking it. But I see this as a polarizing show, and. This this is this show could go either way when you start watching it. If you have certain sensibilities, I think you're going to say, nope, that this shit ain't for me. <laughs> so, you know, um, but if you open your mind to it and uh, you're into the satire that it's going for, the commentary on fascism, all the other stuff and the way, you know, we worship celebrities and all that. It's saying so. I think if you open your mind to that, you will enjoy the show. And then, of course, in there you get crazy, violent sex and cursing. So it's, mm. you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I actually really, I actually really enjoy the comedy in it, and I know you guys give me a hard time for not uh, not liking comedy and anything, but I, I love it. That's my kind of comedy. Uh, you I, dark I bastard! I think, I think it's great, you know. So I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've I've just I've not seen much in the way of negativity, but uh, yeah, I guess I could see how it could rub some people the wrong way if you're expecting a family show, but. Other than that, I mean, you know what you're getting. I mean, it's it shouldn't be a surprise what you're getting when you watch that show. So, <laughs> agree. Okay. Well, um, looking forward to that one. Um, it's going to be episodic. Last season was dropped all at once in bingeable fashion, but this time I think they're going to drop the first either three or four, and then it's going to be week by week. I'm going to wait yes. until it's all over, and then I'm going to binge the whole thing. And we might have a review for you guys. We will see how it goes. Um, on to our next trailer. Our next trailer comes from Netflix. And it's called Ratched. And this is about Nurse Ratched from the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest movie. It's a prequel of sorts, an origin story of sorts, an expansion of the mythology. And the stars, Sarah Paulson, who I credit as one of the great ladies in Hollywood with what I call creepy white woman energy. <laughs> um, she's fantastic in these kind of like creepy thriller roles. She has a look for it and R. Um, and it debuts on September 18th. We got a full trailer for it. Um, guys, what was your reaction to this uh, original series? It's going to be from netflix uh let's start with christian you know piggybacking on what you said you see sarah paulson i immediately think american horror story mm-hmm. and the show or at least the trailer i shouldn't say the show the trailer had american horror story vibes all mm-hmm. over the place mm-hmm. um it's looks disturbing um it looks mm-hmm. like it's taking a bit of a deep dive into why nurse ratchet became who she was if you guys have ever seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest she is an iconic I don't know if you can call her villain, but she's definitely an iconic tyrant um, in that role. And she rules that the insane asylum with an iron fist. And she has ultimate control over the good and the bad, the punishment and the rewards and the medication and everything. Um, And she's played very well by Louise Fletcher. She's creepy, truly creepy. Um, and a lot of things happen. There's no reason to go into one flew of the cougar's nest, but I think it's important for people to watch that movie before they go into this show. Although I'm sure the show can exist on its own. Um, and I felt watching this brief trailer, a lot of flashes of that character and the movie. 
and I think they did a really good job. They talked about in the movie how her experience in World War II started to turn her into what she was, and there's a brief flash in the trailer about what happened to her in the war and taking care of Marines and all that kind of stuff, and something happened where she lost touch with humanity. There's a lot here that works. I'm going to end on one sour note, so I apologize for how I'm ending it. For all that good, I'm wondering why it's – I hate to use the term why it's needed, but – I liked Nurse Ratchet for what she was. I don't know if I need an origin story for her. I'm not sure. Now, the team behind it could be the one to pull it off, definitely. And this actress absolutely could be one to pull it off. Um, so I'm interested in this. I don't know if this is a immediate watch for me when it drops. And I think my wife's going to be into it too because she's a social worker and she's all into you know this psych you know like a lot of the psych uh, the psychiatric thriller thrillers and things like that. She loves that that stuff. But I'm wondering if like, why, why do I want to watch this? I, I like nurse ratchet was interesting to me because of what she was in one flew over the, over the cuckoo's nest. So I'm wondering why I need this connection. Maybe I'll see another trailer soon that will show me why that being said, take that negative thing. I know I, I ended it on a negative, take that aside. It does look very well made. We just talked about how Netflix can t toss a lot of shit out there and it just looks like it's not well made. This looks very well made. It's in that American horror story you know, method, which I do appreciate. I do like that show. And she's a phenomenal actress. It's got a good filmmaking crew behind it. Let's see what they can do. Let's see what they can do. Definitely was an interesting trailer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Paul, what was your reaction to it? Yeah. So I'm almost embarrassed to admit, I, I, I was totally wrong about what one flew over the cuckoo's nest was. <laughs> I've not seen it. I thought it was like some classic from like the thirties or forties. I, I had no idea that this is a, a relatively modern film. Like it came out uh, a few months before I was born and then in the seventies. The so um, with Jack Nicholson, I didn't even know that. So thanks to you guys. I now, I now know what one floor of the cuckoo's nest is. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, put, put that aside. Um, just looking at this trailer, I would watch this. I liked, um, I've liked several of the seasons of American Horror Story. Not every season as much as the others, but um, I've enjoyed it overall, especially some, you know, the very first season was the best. But um, I, I've liked Sarah Paulson in the uh, in that series. I like the look of this from the trailer. I like the subject matter. Um, even if I didn't know anything about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I've, I've never heard of this Nurse Ratched character, like literally never heard of her, um, but I would still watch this. It, it, it's the kind of thing I could watch with my wife. This is the kind of thing that um, – the kind of subject matter where, where we can usually find common ground and, and at least both find some enjoyment from the programming. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'll watch this, and if I like it, um, I'll watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And maybe I you know, probably won't. If it's coming out September 18th, I probably won't watch it first, but um, it's possible. Um, so yeah, uh, coming from, um, I guess the, uh, the, um, perspective of someone who has no clue what this is a prequel to, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks good. Ooh. Where, where do you stand on this one, Lupe? Um, mixed bag for me. I'm not too sure if I'm excited by prequels and, you know, diving into like origin stories and exploiting already established IP. I mean, I'm not saying that, oh, it's going to ruin, you know, the classic movie, whatever. I can barely remember the movie. I remember watching it when I was a kid and it freaked me out so bad and disturbed me so much to my core that I've never, ever wanted to go back and watch it. Um, 
I will watch this one out of curiosity. Obviously, Sarah Paulson, world-class actress. I got a lot of respect for her. And I uh, respect her tastes as well um, and her sensibilities. Um, however, I got to keep on banging this drum. Now, <laughs> the production value looks good. The costumes, the set design locations um camera angles what they were doing with like editing i love the old timey kind of music um that they played it looks like it's going to be well made however it still does not look prestige mm. and that's because it's obviously shot on digital okay there's a sort of this like glossy cheapness to it that still exists you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's and and I'm I'm really going to be on Netflix on Netflix's case until they ease up on their restrictions. And in case people don't know, Netflix has restrictions on their creators in terms of what type of cameras they can use, and in terms of what type of software they can use for uh, post production, color correction, and you know artistic um license uh so they have like a very limited range of what artists can do that's why a lot of their stuff comes out looking quite similar that's why we're seeing like this netflix um this sort of like a netflix look now however they do break that once in a while but for very special projects and for very special filmmakers for example martin scorsese with the irishman for example, um, Spike Lee for The Five Bloods. Uh, he was able to shoot a little bit um, on film. Uh, I think he shot 60mm, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, I was disappointed by the look of it. Very, very, very disappointed. Uh, I think uh, it's telling that we've said a couple times on the podcast, and I apologize for interrupting you. It's one of the three of us have always we always seem to say it. It has that Netflix look, quote unquote. Yeah, like, we're starting to get the hand of like a handle on like what the Netflix look is. It's so. beginning to be a thing, and I yep. do not appreciate it. I don't. <laughs> it, it does, but are you expecting this to be cinematic? This one, this is like. What, what? Why not? Like you, well, you watch Servant. You watch Servant. Servant looks yeah. better than this. A little, a little, yeah. but I, I, I mean, know it, it. It meets my expectations for Netflix or American <clears throat> Horror Story. You see, that's But it's but it's not even just about a level. It's just it's also about the sameness, right? When you see something in different mediums, different different genres, different stories, different creatives, and they look the same visually that's where um it even gets me more like it's not even in terms of quality like you're very right that i probably shouldn't have the highest expectations um and expect like it's an apple tv or hbo kind of thing every single time out that's probably not fair but I'll it's talk better than cable right. like it's it's it's, a, it's <laughs> it looks like you're slightly better than fx level like it's better than is your it, typical is it though it's you know what it's well, it's consistent with American Horror Story, and American Horror Story was good enough, yeah, I guess. I agree, but this isn't American Horror Story, though. But but, uh, yeah, but even, yeah. even if we it's say it's on the same level, my my thing with the Netflix things is that they look the same. That's that's basically my because 
Um, have you guys seen any trailers or or um, any footage for? It's a recent Ryan Murphy production on Netflix. It's a something like a Hollywood story or something like that. Isn't it just a uh, Hollywood, right? Isn't it just yeah, called Hollywood? Hollywood? Yeah, my this, my wife's been getting into that show. Yep. Doesn't doesn't this look exactly like it's ripped from that? series very like, much like the series exactly very much so that's yeah. my issue it's about things looking the exact same um and so they just need to divert they need to just let their creators use whatever equipment whatever digital intermediate software they want to use and then we'll get more variety then we'll get more of an artistic you know impression and everything will look like the same the same the same the same the same and i'm going to stay on netflix on hill <laughs> <laughs> until they do so i'm gonna bore you guys with the with the same with the same criticism although Never. sometimes it, sometimes, it, sometimes some things do do stand and they do do a good job on well some- lupe i think to, to that point i mean you were right on the money with that analysis on on the old guard i thought that that you know had that netflix look but i was expecting that one to look like a theatrical movie this one, mm. I was expecting it to look like American Horror Story, and this looks exactly like American Horror Story. Mm. So, so it's a matter of expectations because I think mm. the old guard actually looks better than this. But this yeah, looks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This this meets my expectations. That's that's the difference. So maybe mm. that's just a me thing. But but having liked American Horror Story and not um, being familiar with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, not having seen it, and thinking of this more as a American Horror Story type series as opposed to a prequel to a a famous movie hmm. maybe it's maybe that just set my expectations more for high quality tv as opposed to uh you know like a a, a full-blown theatrical quality movie mm-hmm. you know you could be very right you could be very right yeah, and, expectations um, are a big part of that i think absolutely absolutely yeah. um so yeah i'll keep on having high expectations for netflix <laughs> 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 for the movies i totally agree with you for the series i'll, I'll give them a little slack <laughs> that's funny all right guys um i, I want to know since you guys watch both of the trailers which of your trailer of the trailers was the most impactful for you which of the trailers was your favorites uh i think i gotta go favorite trailer is the boys hands down i mean it was just the most entertaining it's what i'm looking forward to i've wanted to see season two for a while so definitely my favorite it's hard to say if it's also the most impactful because it didn't like the other trailer actually gave me some emotion. Some of that emotion was negative, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, I, so I have to probably say that ratchet was probably, that was probably the one that was more impactful because I, I came away with a little bit of a negative taste in my mouth. I'm annoyed at myself, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Paul. Yeah. Uh, the boys by far my favorite. I mean, just because I really loved season one and this, Gave me a little more of a look at season two and uh, reminded me why I'm excited about seeing season two. Mm-hmm. Um, Ratchet, I knew nothing about. I'd literally never heard of it before today. Um, I guess it's impactful in the sense that I'm now aware of it, and it's probably something I'll at least check out. Um, whereas, you know, the boys season two didn't really move the needle for me. I was already pretty excited about it. And, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, neither one of these like blew me away like some trailers have. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, if I had to pick a favorite, it's the boys. If if you say, you know, which one did this one, I guess in the sense that it brought awareness and lukewarm uh, enthusiasm, <laughs> Ratchet gets the, uh, the impact award. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, and you guys know my reaction to Ratchet. 
Not highly impressed. Mixed bag. <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll put it on the to watch list. If I hear it's fantastic and crazy, and you got to watch it. I will. If not, then I'll see it when I see it. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Okay, so that's it. It's a wrap, studio. You know, clap the slate. It's a wrap for our episode of ENN. That was ENN number 38 in the books. Wow, we've come such a long way. Guys, if you reach this part of the podcast, thank you for listening. It was our pleasure to discuss film and converse with you. We'd like you guys to talk back to us. We'd like to hear what your opinion on these topics are. Where do you lie in the debate of animation, uh, you know, interwoven into the Snyderverse universe? Um, tell, tell us what you think about Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. Is he trolling or is there something more to it? And would you like him? as Green Lantern and tell us what you think about Mulan on Disney Plus about Leonardo DiCaprio on Apple TV Plus and these trailers that we've discussed talk to us we talk back and with that Christian would you like to say goodbye to the people and give them your social media contact so they can harass and bully and cancel and attack you (laughs) <laughs> yes sir i had a great time tonight guys thank you I, I really did it was a really good time talking all this stuff i have a useless stat for you tonight you were right apple is the number two most profitable company in the world number one is saudi aramco so there you go what? useless stat for you for the, what yeah. is that <laughs> that's the saudi arabia oil company so ah, that's, wow. that's my my useless stat for you for the evening <laughs> anyway Hey, anybody out there wants to cancel me, hit me up on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the same place at chart six, three, six, three. Nice. And Christian and Paul, the other Christian, <laughs> I'm Christian. Yes. I went an entire episode without calling you Christian. <laughs> Did you really though? <laughs> Almost. Did you though? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, guys, uh, enjoy talking to you. Uh, anyone that wants to reach me, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Paul underscore P. Nice. And I have been yours truly, Lupe. You can find me on Twitter at Live Love Lupe. You can find me on the various social media app at Live Love Lupe as well. Thank you very much for conversing with us and listening to the film Exiles. Stay safe. Our hearts go out to everyone in the uh, in Lebanon, who's been affected by by the tragedy. God bless. And until next time, stay exiled. <laughs>